Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. There you go. Taylor Momsen and the Pretty Reckless on International Women's Day. Cindy Luhu from the Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's weird to think about, but an absolute rock star with an incredible voice. As we segue into the second half hour of Oilers Now, uh, it's brought to you by Digitex. We've got Sportsnet's Mark Spector hanging on the line now. He joins us each Tuesday for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta. Remember, uh, live standard bred racing has moved down to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can always watch and wager online at hpibet.com. Well, Spec, how's it going, man? You were at the game last night, I take it. I was indeed. Drove up this morning from Calgary and... Uh... I guess we're going to see what happens. I see they're practicing the power play pretty hard today. There's pretty much no doubt about it. Their game was, you know, relatively sound last night. Uh, power play could have won a hockey game for them, but it uh, did quite the opposite, I would say. Yeah, and if you want to take that even further, I mean, special teams, the five-on-five, five, they looked okay last night. Special teams, lately, it's not necessarily the friend of the Oilers, and that's that's quite surprising for a team with a power play you would figure is as explosive as any that we've seen in history, let alone in the league right now. But, you know, Spec, I, I don't know what's changed in the mentality, but the way that they were able to whip it around in the beginning part of the season has clearly been picked up by other teams, and there hasn't been all that much of a counter-adjustment. You know, uh, that would be exactly what we'd say. Like, yeah, they've got some guys out now. I mean, they're, they're top two. You know, Tyson Berry runs that power play as a co- the quarterback. And if not him, Evan Bouchard, and neither of them were there last night. Bouchard's on the practice ice today. Uh, so, you know, Nugent Hopkins is an important part of that thing. He's not playing. So you can say that at the moment, you know, the injuries are certainly a factor in why that power play's not working. But since December 5th, it's the 23rd best power play in the league. Uh, Brandon. So, you know, this isn't just a this week problem. This has been a two month issue here. And yeah, you know what? The the people that devised, I mean, Glenn Gullitson, this is his baby, and the rest of the coaching staff. I mean, everyone's in on this thing, but you know what? The, the brains that devised the power play that was the best in hockey for two and a quarter seasons have not been able to solve this latest round of. Uh, adjustments made by the opponents, right? It's been two months here, and they have really not found an answer to, you know, they're taking away Leon Dreisaitl off the right side, and, and 
there has been no real plan B here by the orders, and they got to come up with one and do it quick. Yeah, you know, and I look at things as how do you sit there and talk about how much better the power play is when things break down and you get to play that street hockey style and and you get to freelance a little bit more and then sit in the same structure and try and overload the one-timer to Leon Dreisaitl? Not for a couple of games, but for a couple of months while yeah. other teams have clearly snuffed it out. I, I wonder about, the. it's like they're too rigid in that thinking. Yeah, no, I think you're right. They're they're in searching for basically set plays. Like they have some patterns they like to run, and they just keep running them. You know, it's Rob Brown's always said, right? Everybody has a plan on the penalty kill until you get a shot to the net, and then that plan and that box, everyone's it changes because you got to get the puck, and now it becomes a battle. And the power play team obviously has one more guy out there, so. You know, we talked to to Jay Woodcroft after the game last night, and he had some, you know, some different verbiage for the same old solution, and that is get some pucks to the net, right? You're right, Brennan. Like, we've always heard, you know, Nugent Hopkins always says this, right? When we're at our best is when when the structure breaks down and we're freelancing. What did Tippett used to call it? Road hockey, right? And that is where they're at their best. And maybe that's where they got to get back to is just getting some pucks to the net, which has always been the solution for a struggling power play that sits in the perimeter. Get some shots through. Uh, give the give someone a chance to make a tip. Give it a chance to go off with somebody skating in. You know, get a rebound goal. They all count. And right now, the perimeter work is just, it's I'm not getting the job done. There's no doubt about that. No, the one-timers just haven't been there because it's been scouted. And so when you look yes. at what who the team has brought in in terms of providing that net front presence, you've got Zach Hyman, you've got Evander Kane. Um, if you want to throw the different look in there, yeah. you've got a Yessa Pugliarvi. You know, they have the, the personnel, you would think, to thrive with more of a shoot and shoot and then crash mentality in that sense. So I wonder if we see more of that transition. And I, frankly, Mark, I wonder if the time is, is just past for Tyson Berry to, to be quarterbacking that and, and maybe the reins get turned over to Bouchard a little bit more here. Well, I mean, you know what? There's two sides to this thing. In Tyson Berry, I see a guy that everybody complains a lot about. And then I see a guy that when he's out of the lineup, and I watched the game last night, how they transitioned that puck out of their zone and, you know, watch a nurse run that power play. Tyson Berry didn't look so bad to me last night. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fair you enough. Know, I, I think, listen, he's, he's an offensive player. And, yeah, he lacks a little defending-wise. But I, all I know is he ran a power play that was the best power play in the league for one season and well into his next season here. And uh, I don't mind. He one times a puck. He gets most of his pucks through. He tra- the the how would I say the puck moves tape to tape pretty quickly when he's running that thing. I got no problem with Tyson Berry running the power play here. So maybe it's just who he's playing with five on five that's really kind of drawn the ire of of a lot of fans anyway. And and if you can allow him that freedom by having the defensive stalwart with him on that third pair that's probably the best case scenario but uh, at this point let's talk about nurse for a half a second here mark because he's getting picked on pretty harsh on the text line and and the reality is yeah i thought he struggled last night too but he also looks like he's trying to overcompensate for a lot of people missing on that back end is that fair to say 
Oh, yeah. Listen, here's what we know about Darnell Nurse, and this goes all the way back to the first time we saw him. The, the more he tries to do, the the worse uh, of a defenseman he is. You know, if if I could, you know, I'm, I, I, if I could say one thing, if I was ever to say to Darnell Nurse or if I would put myself in a coach's position for Darnell Nurse, I would say, Darnell, I don't care if you get 20 points this season, right? Give me a guy that can absolutely defend. Give me a guy that takes care of the neutral zone the way a defenseman is supposed to. You stand up to guys. He can skate so well. He's got a huge wingspan. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. I don't need him to get points, right? Play him with a guy who does the offensive legwork for him because the Darnell Nurse we know is the one we watched last night. He sees a defensive core that is lacking in offensive substance, and he's trying to be the guy. He's trying to be, you know, he's playing Bobby Orr's game, and he ain't Bobby Orr, man. He's a he's a very good defenseman, and I think Darnell Nurse serves the Oilers best when he's playing like when he's a 20-point defenseman, not trying to be a 45-point defenseman. I wonder how much more that would unlock in his gritty, nasty, the the style that we used to know of Darnell Nurse. And I look at the game last night, and, and I'm not going to kid myself into thinking that there was a really logical opportunity for some pushback there. It was nice to see Kane getting engaged, certainly. Uh, that was too close a game for any real fisticuffs or that sort of thing. But I don't disagree with the texters right now who are telling me that Nurse has lost a little bit of that stuff that makes him real tough to play against, in my opinion, because he's too worried about taking that penalty. He's too worried about taking himself off the ice. Well, he has become a 25-minute defenseman on this team. And you know what? You still like that part of his game, right? You do. I'm with you. I'm with texters. I want... I want you know, when when I leave the rink, I want to talk about what Darnell Nurse did in his own end. I, I don't, you know, like I say, some points will come, but I don't care about what Darnell Nurse, you know, he, he skates the puck so well out of his zone to center. I don't need him to take that thing into the net all the time, personally. I want him to do what you're talking about here, right? Be a strong defensive presence, give you some toughness back there. And be a physical player. He's the biggest, strongest man on the ice some nights. Um, you know, let's not take that away from the player by telling him he's got to do everything out there. Yeah, fair enough. Chatting with Mark Spector from Sportsnet, brought to you by the Horses Horse Racing Alberta. It is Brendan Escott here today on Oilers Now. Uh, team toughness, we know on paper, is obviously not a strength of the team. And you play a team like Calgary in the thick of a playoff race for yourself. Calgary looks like they're they're just about ready to clinch here. But, you know, the Oilers, are, they've got a long way to go in these next 25 games. So how much do you think like team toughness needs to be adopted in the sense that that's playoff hockey, right? I don't look at the Oilers and think they're playing playoff hockey right now. I look at other teams around the league and say, okay, they're playing playoff hockey. Maybe it's a personnel thing. Maybe it's a mentality thing. Um, but, but do you see enough team toughness out of this group to even get into the playoffs right now, Mark? Well, I see a team that can make it into the playoffs, uh, Brandon. I do. There's 25 games left there. You know, they're falling back. They got to pick things up here quick. But there's plenty of time left for it to happen. What I'm never going to see out of this particular roster is a team that enters the playoffs as a hard-to-play-against tough team. They're not. This is an issue here for this team. They're not hard enough to play against. I look at their back end, and William Lagason is a big, strong, 
guy who plays a soft game. Evan Bouchard is six foot three. His strengths are not physical play by any stretch, right? He is not an abrasive, tough, mean, punishing defenseman, you know, in any stretch of the imagination. Philip Broberg is just a kid, but I don't see at six foot three, he's a, you know, a great looking defenseman, but not one with any quantity of, of sandpaper in his game that I can see. So Niemelainen, he'll step up and hit you. So there's a guy, right? But, you know, I'm looking at that defensive core. CC is a good, solid defender, but he's not a particularly physical player. Duncan Keith isn't a physical player. So, you know, in the defensive core is where, to me, it has to exist. You can't, you know, you've got to have a defense that sets the tone on being tough to play against and punishing guys. Well, that Montreal game the other night, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, they skated around that Oilers zone with absolute impunity, corner to corner, all over the zone. And they did not look like two kids looking over their shoulder here. And they're little guys. So, listen, man, I didn't think they can make the playoffs, but they got to do something about being harder to play against. This team is just simply too easy to play against. Brandon Sollers to it. All right, Mark, a good place to take a quick time out here. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper into Philip Broberg and his uh, and his performance last night. He played, I think, the second highest number of minutes in a game that he has uh, since coming up to the NHL. So we'll take a peek at that. Remind you as well, guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stafford today we're back on Oilers now in a moment oh make me over I'm all I want to be I walk and study in demonology subscribe to the Oilers now podcast available on Apple podcasts Google podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts Oilers now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Celebrity Skin by Hole as we keep rolling with the uh, International Women's Day theme, musically. Anyway, we're joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses. And Spec, this is just a humorous little... It's two texts coming back-to-back, and this is just... This is how it goes. I know you know. Uh, KDK says, Quit talking about team toughness. The Oilers don't get saves when they need it. They don't score when they need it. They don't defend when they need to. What is a tough guy like Brad Malone brought to this team when you have to score four goals every night to win, you're not going to have success. The next text says, well, this is from Herm, says, you can have all the superstars you want, but until you have team toughness, you won't win. <laughs> so, you know, it's. I think that that may speak to the nature of how many different areas this team still has to um, level up, if you will, before it becomes a serious contender, Mark. Uh, a bit of a humorous contrast there. Hey, Philip yeah. Broberg is going to be a big part of this team's next steps forward I don't know if this is the year where he's really going to help propel anything but at least he's up here learning and whether it's spot duty or not uh, played a lot last night and you like this performance yeah he played really well last night you know he's he his legs a lot you know how would I say being a defenseman today, obviously we're we're long past the hooking and holding and catching up and and interfering you got to have legs to get to the spot before the other guy and he really has the 
foot speed both forward and backwards to you know get to the position right to cut he angled off a flames player that caught him a little bit flat-footed he caught him in the neutral zone going backwards turned forwards at the blue line and angled the player off there was no chance on that at all i, I thought uh like every young player under pressure with a puck and a stick he's got a ways to go here but uh this is a guy with i mean his his you know, his body, his um, tool chest is just so full of NHL tools. Like he just skates so well. He's six foot three. He, you know, he passed a pretty good puck at some point here. There's a good player here, uh, Brendan. We're going to watch this guy for a long time. Yeah, it's nice to see him uh, more acclimated to the North American ice, just having been here, you know, whether that's in the AHL or, or up here and otherwise. And he may be the one, you could make the case for Bouchard as well, but who, who would benefit the most, I would suggest, from having someone like Manson and his familiarity and his... Uh, maybe leniency for the younger player isn't the word, but you know, willingness to have Broberg make mistakes on the job in order to reach his full potential here. And you know, if you're looking at him as your third pairing left shot guy next year, that's probably a decent spot if he, if he can crack the team out of camp. Well, and he looks like he's sort of uh, heading for that spot. I, I would say to you, I kind of see, you know, uh, if he's your third pairing left spot, where does that leave Nima Linen? Uh, that's a good question for me because both those guys will look at our left side guys. Just Broberg played the, played the right last night, started with Keith. So either way, uh, there's got to be a place to put this kid. He's going to push himself out of the lineup for next season for sure. And as we know, you need cheaper young guys to make the salary cap work. But you know what? Back to team toughness, right? You need guys. The order's issue is they don't own the front of the net at either end of the rink here. Right, they don't have enough forwards that are that are difficult. You know, they got a Hyman, they got Kane, and not a lot of other guys that are difficult to deal with at the other end of the rink. And in front of their own net, how many close-in rebound goals does this team give up? Because they got a right now a bunch of kids like Broberg playing the front of the net, and they just don't handle punishment the way it has to get handed out to own your net front. The term box out is obviously a basketball thing, but I, I find myself screaming that at the television when <laughs> when those situations happen because it's not even like get a body on a body. Turn your head around and figure out where your man is. You shouldn't be standing there alone. But I don't know. I didn't make it to the show. So, yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> fair, man. Like, listen, you can define it however you want. You know, toughness, ball pull out, uh, you know, grit. I don't care what you call it. Awareness, good sticks. If you don't win the net front at either end of the rink, and that's a lot of nights for the Oilers, there's one of those crappy goals going in at each end all the time. You know, a puck sitting there. You blame the Oilers goaltending for leaving rebounds around. Well, maybe if the other team didn't always get them, right? So that's an issue, and they got to deal with it. Certainly. Agree on that front. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll pick things up on the other side of this next newscast, talking uh, what it's like to have spectators back in the building. It's, it's awesome even on TV to hear the, the Battle of Alberta, and they're chanting back and forth. Oh, let's go, Oilers. Oilers suck. You know, it's, it's, that's great. That's what we love this for. So uh, I'll put you down on pause here, Mark. We'll pick things up in, in a bit here with you. i got to get to the James H. Brown injury report, because as we know, this has been a lengthy one for 
for the last little stretch of time for the Edmonton Oilers. The injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. So Mike Smith missed last night's game with illness. Uh, maybe will be in line to, to miss the next one or so as well. That's per Bob this morning. Uh, Josh Archibald skating with the team for the first time on the weekend. He is working his way back from myocarditis. Says he's ready to rock and his body's back to where it was before the diagnosis. So it's a matter of the team getting him back onto the ice if they so choose. Tyson Berry has got an upper body injury. It was, uh, it's got him on the IR right now for at least the next two games. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has a bum shoulder. He is week to week right now. And Zach Cassian getting close to coming back from that broken jaw that sidelined him since February 10th. And this this is all before we talk about, yes, a Poliarvi week to week with a lower body injury that we're, we're not really sure what it is. So what's he going to be like when he comes back? We know how hampered he was uh, by the hip problems that plagued him early in the career. I don't think it's a hip. I would never want to suggest that. But if, uh, you know, any lower body injury that's going to limit his mobility, I would be a little bit concerned about anyway. So there's your James H. Brown injury report. Got NHL today coming up in this next half hour as well. But right now, uh, we'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.